One of the things that we should learn on Tisha B'Av is that those stories that happened, those catastrophes that happened to us throughout history, don't just happen and at once, but rather it repeats itself. One of the things about history is that it repeats itself. I remember when I was a little kid, on the first uh, day of teaching history, the teacher, the history teacher, asked, why do we learn history? And this question was presented to the class, and each student gave their own answer, but she refuted each and every answer. She said, not for this reason, not for that reason, and she explained why. Eventually, she said, the reason we learn history is because history repeats itself. And if we learn history, we should predict what should be the future as well. We see that it continuously happening over and over again. Today we like to take a little bit of a glimpse of the threats that are facing today, Klal Yisrael, at Eretz Yisrael and over here as well. At Eretz Yisrael and throughout the world at large. We see how it relates to things that really happened in the past in the Chorban Abayit as well. First, not many of us know, but there's a real threat in Israel. A real threat in Israel from the surrounding countries. The biggest threat is Iran and its proxy, Hezbollah. Hezbollah has built an army, a complete army, full military, completely armed, to come and fire at the, at the day they decide. They have an amount of rockets that's gonna, that, that are predicted to come at, uh, at an amount of 3,500 rockets a day. That's 3,500 a day. Now, just to understand, right now we have the Iron Dome in Eretz Israel. Each one of these to operate costs 600,000. So, therefore, they don't have enough ammunition, enough of the rockets of the Iron Dome to... To take, uh, to take out such a large amount of rockets that will be coming in. And they are predicting that after a couple of days, they run out of the Iron Dome uh, rockets. So therefore, they're not gonna, they're gonna have fired under, they're gonna have an enormous, like a rain on top of every city in Israel. That is the prediction. That is the prediction of, of all the army generals. Together with that, as this is happening, and the entire uh, place is under threat, there will be, the Hezbollah has a special army, as I said. It's called Raduan. It's complete army um, with, with, with all weapons necessary, to come and conquer from the north the villages, to just go through the fences and conquer one village after the other while they're killing as many people and taking as much hostages as possible. Together with that, there's a lot of fronts also. It's not only Hezbollah and Iran. They have also other countries surrounding as well that are planning to fire at the same time and start a war. So they have... All fronts to take care of, and not only that, they have Gaza as well within the land. That is a real, real threat. If we learn from history, 
So we don't have to go far to understand that two years ago, in the operation of Shomer HaChomot, the Israeli Arabs also went out in the streets rioting and, 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 and burning and, and hurting and using whatever means they had to try to cause as much harm as they can within the country itself. That, those were only thousands back then. That was only two years ago. But they're predicting that in the next war, where Israel will be under real, real threat of, as I explained, all the rockets firing in and all the countries surrounding starting a front, there will be not only thousands and not only tens of thousands, there will be hundreds of thousands of Arabs rioting in the streets. And they also, as you all know, they have weapons as well. They have guns and they have weapons to start to come, to come around and start shooting anything that they see on their way. They're using those weapons today on themselves. And they know they have enormous amount of weapons that they collected within the years. So this is a real threat that's happening outside, from outside Eretz Israel and inside as well. Now you have to understand that if we learn from history, we should learn also what happened here a couple of years ago when Israel was attacked. When Israel is attacked by those, uh, those, those Arabs within and in Gaza, and definitely if they do from outside, so this comes home, comes here as well. Over here also, a couple of years ago, they, were, they, they, they started, the police stopped them, but they started all types of rioting against Jews, and they were planning to go ahead with that. The police put a stop to it. But you have to understand, the police has a very limited power. As you all know, that not long ago, there was riots of the BLM that rioted throughout the country. And they gave them a, they tried to stop them, but they weren't able. And today, just yesterday, two days ago, they paid them, all the rioters that got hurt by the police or were, uh, were arrested, they paid them money, they paid them millions of dollars for what have happened. So things are going crazy around the world, and the three, threat is a real, real threat. And where we're sitting today in, uh, in our houses, in our shuls, at our work, and everything is comfortable and peaceful, you should know that everything, chas v'shalom, could turn in a second. All you need is a spark to start. The, the, there's enough there to just turn things around. And I'd like to take a little bit, look at what have happened in, uh, in the time of the Choban, to see that really this, this is the way things are happening throughout um, history as well. We learned now in Echa, we just read the Pasuk, This is in Echa, Dalet Yud Bet. Which means, people were peaceful in Eretz Israel, and Eretz Israel, Yerushalayim, was a strong place. It was, it had walls that protected Eretz Israel. Nobody was able to conquer, nobody was able to break through the walls of Yerushalayim. It was extremely solid walls. There was double walls. Nobody could have break through it. And even the kings of the world didn't believe it would be conquered. They didn't believe they wouldn't believe that they were able to conquer it. 
In Yirmiya it says that the people in Israel, This is in Yirmiya, hey, bet. We're not going to see the sword coming to our cities. That's not going to happen. We are much too strong. Everything is much too peaceful. It's not going to happen. Dal Sheikh writes that unless Hashem would allow it, according to Teva, according to nature, they didn't have enough strength to conquer Yerushalayim. The Goim were not able, for years they were trying to conquer through the walls, to break through the walls, to do whatever they can, and they couldn't. They weren't able. It's so much so that in Echar Abah, Dalet Etvav, it tells us of what have happened. Nevuzardan, which was the general that was operating the siege on Yerushalayim and trying to break through, he was there for three and a half years trying to break through those walls of Yerushalayim, wasn't able, wasn't successful, nothing happening. And eventually, after three and a half years, he gave up. He wanted to go home. He made already his way to start going backwards. And then something came to his mind says the Midrash. Let's measure the walls of Yerushalayim. And he measured them, and he saw that they were going down, they were sinking every day. Every day, the Midrash says, he was sinking Tfachayim v'amechza. Two Tfachim, this is a Tefach, two Tfachim and a half. Each day, two tefach and a half was sinking from the walls of Yerushalayim. So all he needed to, wait, to do is wait it out until the walls will go down all completely. But this is the, this is the mindset that it was so much secure that he gave up and he wanted to go back home. Eventually, that's what has happened. Why is it that those things have happened? How were they able to conquer Eretz Yisrael. There's few Midrashim and few Gemarot that tell us what have saved Eretz Yisrael at the time and what have happened eventually. I'd like to share with you one of the Midrashim, one of the Yerusha, it's actually a Gemara Yerushalmi that says that story about Beitar, which happened the same way in Yerushalayim and all over. In Beitar also, three and a half years, Adrianus over there, in, in Beitar it was Adrianus, he was in charge of taking care of the large city of Beitar. Beitar had millions of people residing, large population. It was a, a place of Torah, great city, it was flourishing, and it was also um, uh, surrounded, so they weren't able to conquer the place. Three and a half years, he was waiting and was trying any technique to try to conquer the city of Beitar. Who was saving the city of Beitar? Rabbi Eliezer Amodai. He was sitting with sacks every day and praying to Hashem, Ribona Olamim Al Tashev Badin Ayom. Don't sit on the judgment today, he asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as long as HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't sit with the judgment, they are not going to be able, according to Teva, to conquer Beitar. It was much too protected. Adrianus eventually as well wanted, gave up. He wanted to go. That's it. Nothing's happening over here. We can't conquer this place. We can stay here forever. There's no purpose. One of the people, he was a Kuti. Kuti were people that 
looked like Jews, they were halfly converted, they caused some problems. He told them, look, I'll help you out. Let me try to take care of this. What did he do? He went to Rabbi Eliezer Abodei, and he whispered something in his ears. Now they knew that this kuti was part of the part of the enemy. And people saw him whispering things in the ear of Rabbi Eliezer Amodei. So there was a general called Ben Koziva, very, very strong man, Ben Kochva. Ben Koziva was told that this kuti, this traitor, is whispering something with Rabbi Eliezer Amodei. Maybe Rabbi Eliezer Amodei also is a traitor. Maybe he's also part of the enemy and he's just here to give, maybe give them information, spy on us, whatever it is. So Ben Koziva came to Obiliezer Modi and told him and asked him, what did you tell, what, what did you speak with that kuti, with that traitor? Told him nothing. He didn't say a word to me. I didn't say a word to him. He just came. He tried to whisper. I didn't hear anything. So he went to the kuti. He caught the kuti and he told him, what did you whisper with Obiliezer Modi? He told him, look, we said things that if I tell you, you kill me, and if I don't, if I don't tell you, if I don't tell you, you kill me. If I do tell you, the Romans will kill me. So it's better for me not to say, "Let the Romans kill me." Uh, let, let you, you I'm, I'm not getting involved. I don't want to get involved. I'm better for me not to say anything. So right away, Rabbi Modai, right away, Ben Koziva went to Rabbi Modai and kicked him and killed him. Says the Rushalmi that there was a bat call. It says the following, Haragta et Rabbi Eliezer Modai, you killed Rabbi Eliezer Modai, Zro'am shel kol Yisrael ve'en yeminam, he was the arm, the right hand of Klal Yisrael, he was their eyes, he was their right eyes, lefichach zro shel oto ha'ish, yavosh tiyavesh, your arm, Barkoziva, will be dried out. Ve'en yemino, kaotichen, your eye will be dried out. Miad, Two things have happened right away. Immediately, Ben Koziva died right after what he did. And right after that, Betar was conquered. And this is the end of Betar. Why did that happen to Betar? Because they had one person protecting them. Nobody knew. It was Rabbi Eliezer Modai sitting in a corner in a sack protecting Betar. What happened in the end? When Rabbi Ezra they can't do that anymore, the city is conquered. Same thing happened in Yerushalayim as well. Yerushalayim, as we said, was protected very well. But when the time has come that they saw that it's going to be eventually taken by the enemy, they came to Rabbi Yochanan and uh, they asked, what do you, tell, us, tell, us, uh, tell us what you want. Before we take care of, of, uh, of the city of Yerushalayim, before we conquer it. So he asked for three things. One of the three things was make sure that Rabbi Zadok will be healed. Rabbi Zadok was a sick man. And he asked that Rabbi Zadok should be cured. What happened with Rabbi Zadok? Says the Gemara in Gitin Nun Vav, famous Gemara, it says over there that Rabbi Tzadok Yativ Betanit Arbain Shenin. Forty years he was fasting. Why? The Lone Chariv Yerushalayim. He was fasting that Yerushalayim should not be destroyed. Ki Avachil Midi, when he ate something, Havimitchaze Meavrai, you could see the thing, 
He was so so small, he was so skinny, he was so hungry, he was so little, that whenever some food came through his, uh, through his stomach, you would be able to see it from outside. V'yachevabari, when he was healthy, mighty legogeret, might mayhu v'shadi. When he was healthy, how would he able to eat? How would he be able to nourish himself? He would take a fig, just suck the juice of the, of the fig, and was able to, with that, continue to the next day. But this is what he had throughout the 40 years while he was fasting every day and just having that at certain times. Who protected Yerushalayim? Rabbi Tzadok. That's why Rabbi Yochanan wanted to save him. The people like Rabbi Tzadok saved Klal Israel throughout history. So what we learn from here is that at this time that we are in a real threat, a real threat, things could get out of hand with no notice. If war starts in Israel, things could be horrific over there, and things could be horrific as well here by so much people that hate the Jewish nation. And we know that already from not long ago, as we saw that in the BLM movement, they get together and they are together. They, may, they tie hands with, uh, with the Muslims over here, and they hate us as well. And therefore, everything could be just a spark before everything could be horrific around us. So when we see today in Tisha B'Av, we should have in mind, this is what happened at that time, at the time of the Chorban, and we should reflect that to our time as well, and realize that there are few people in the world that might save everything, and those are the people that learn Torah, those are the people that are sitting down and do Avodat Hashem in a correct manner, and really mourn whatever destructions of Beit HaMikdash were occurred in the history and throughout history, and remember that things repeat themselves, and we should really have that in mind today, in the day of Tisha B'Av, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should save us from all these terrible things.